Hello and welcome back to another episode of Black Guys on White Movies. I am your host, Aaron Covington. With co-host Aman Adumer. And Bernard Harris. And this week we are uh, bringing you the movie Stargate. Uh, 1994 science fiction adventure film. Uh, about all kind of things about a lot of things really egyptian yeah, uh, yeah. mythology and uh pyramids and interdimensional travel and uh this brings a lot of things that are kind of zeitgeisty especially in the conspiracy realm together into one massive massive movie and massive at the time it's really when you watch it it's like Okay, but at the time it was probably like, my God, there is so much happening here and so much production value uh, for the time in this movie. So a really big like summer blockbuster epic, definitely in the mode of the ones you see now, the superhero movies and stuff and the big disaster movies, Fast and Furious, like that kind of structuring and pacing. But in 1994, sensibility and technological levels yeah yeah well said it's it's got some it's got a lot it talks about a lot and i'm sure we're going to get into it it's got a lot of uh discussions about like slavery and freedom um yeah will we will we sci-fi i guess that's the is that you let me know, Bernard? Is that the right term for when you turn on a machine and it makes that noise? The whoa, 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 that yeah. kind of sci-fi. I, I I love that. Woo wee woo wee. But I like the 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 whoa, 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 more. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's it. Did they use both in this one? I think they. Or did. This was just a woo wee. Woo wee. Even as you were introducing the movie, I was thinking like, what sound effect? would go with this movie and I can't remember a clear sound effect from it or even soundtrack <laughs> like that. <Yeah. laughs> that kind of, um, I don't know. That's a great question. Like I, I, I guess if I were to think of one, it would be like kind of that like big water splash sound that like the, like Stargate makes when it, the portal opens. Mm. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. If I were to try to think of like one sound or something or sound effect that kind of encapsulated this, but hard to tell, hard to tell. Yeah. Um, I actually watched this movie late. I didn't come up with it. I didn't pick up a black movie of the week. Ooh, okay. Any suggestions, any ideas, anything come to mind? I feel like this is more right up. You're Ali Bernard. I didn't really. This is a tough one because, you know, there's not going to be a lot of black movies made at this scale or allowed to talk about these kind of things. It's not people wouldn't consider that marketable. That's that's why one of the reasons why, Mm -hmm. Um, you know, so we look at scale. The first thing that comes to mind, this is probably because I've been seeing commercials for it all week is a color purple. Mm which is like really a significant black epic. Mm-hmm. 
definitely one of the one of the few, if not like well, you know, and then there's like, I don't know. Toby as a slave, I guess, or Yeah. I was thinking of uh uh just now, just thought of They Clone Tyrone, just as a movie that takes little bits of uh uh, uh paranoid like uh oh yeah in terms what's of the, the term conspiracy conspiracy yeah yeah thing. yeah jumping off from conspiracy and going into fact and fiction and what's really going on i would say they sure. tyrone um the only thing that i could think of but it sounded a little bit too ironic is just the next movie uh from this duo which was independence day it's not black at all, but it's got Will Smith. And mm-hmm. I mean, that was Will Smith. That is most Will Smithness. You know what I mean? And mm-hmm. it was, that movie, I think, was certainly kind of a big action movie in black households and culture. Oh, for sure. Because of Will Smith, kind of started Vivica A. Fox's career or kind of was her first big thing. So I don't know. That's, it's not a good one, but I'm going to say Independence Day. Definitely a stretch. Definitely a stretch. <laughs> super stretch. It's a super stretch. It's like, well, you know, Will Smith was in it. <laughs> and a huge ensemble cast. <laughs> but it's not it's not insignificant that he was in it. It was definitely, definitely one of his, like, after Bad Boys, before he was, like, a real bankable movie star, I think was Independence Day. So in that way, it's very significant to his career and then, I guess, to Black culture because of that. Something like that. Uh, Let me read the synopsis. An interstellar teleportation device found in Egypt leads to a planet with humans resembling ancient Egyptians who worship the god Ra. What do you think? I mean, uh, yeah, that's the start of it. I mean, that's that. I mean, that's the premise. I I feel like, I feel like the is burying the lead, which is like the god is mm-hmm. an evil alien villain. You know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> like, yeah, <laughs> yeah, one hundred percent. It's like they they worship the god Ra. Oh, great! <laughs> like you know what I mean? Yeah, that could mean anything. It's a peaceful <laughs> movie. He goes there, <laughs> right. learns about mm-hmm. a new religion. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's almost like this movie is really about just the idea that aliens built the pyramids. Mm-hmm. That's yeah. really what it's like. The starting point to me is like, hey, you mean you know that uh, alien? All the all the mythology that surrounds the pyramids and like who built it and hieroglyphics and what they mean that shit that shit that was aliens and like uh what happened was because that's like really a teleportation device or the spaceships or the pyramids are spaceships or or beacons or something they find a way to open up this ancient Mm -hmm. like that's really really is right (laughs) yeah it's it's catnip for people that believe that or or even if you're just like are interested in those theories or whatever. Yeah, it's definitely, you know, 
I felt like the um, this duo, Devlin and Emmerich, the writer and uh, director team, um, I felt like a number of their movies kind of are like very much those like tried and true sci-fi things uh, that kind of touch on cons- conspiracy. Like Independence Day is about Roswell kind of tangentially. Um, For sure. This one's about this. They had that movie like 10,000 BC, which was kind of like cave cavemen, but at the same time, there was like a advanced, like kind of almost Atlantean sort of Atlantis sort of like civilization in it. So it was like all very much in that kind of weird counter history conspiracy space. So they're definitely telling yeah. stories inspired or Devlin wasn't on 10,000, but Emmerich was, and he's definitely like okay. the more, the main creative force in these. And then they did some TV shows together, I think, which also play on that with librarians, which is like magic mm-hmm. and the history of that and leverage. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, which is like government conspiracy kind of stuff. <laughs> They're like trying to figure that out. And also like Godzilla, which is like a, another kind of radiation conspiracy, you know, mm-hmm. <laughs> For sure. conspiracy thing. So, trying to hide yeah, the impacts of the radiation. Oh, remember, definitely has a genre that he likes to. 2012 he did, which is all about the end of the world. Mm. Conspiracy. He's definitely the guy that's like yeah. bringing all the like. Wow. Things to Yeah, spring. I remember that. Day after never- tomorrow. I never saw that like through line after this work. You know what I mean? Yeah, I, I didn't either. <laughs> oh, man, it's single handedly <laughs> keeping YouTube alive. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god! Well, that's that's like a question that I have for you guys. I was gonna wait until a little bit later, but you know, like, how much is it that they're also coming at, like at a time when, like, th- this has to be a major piece of work for anybody who believes in like ancient alien stuff like it's got to be as influential as it is influenced right like it's from 94 like you know everybody who's on youtube now saw this mm-hmm. yeah mm-hmm. you yeah. know what i mean yeah that's or, a great point and even some of those other movies they're like 20 10 15 20 years old you know what i mean 30 years old so it's like yeah. solid He's just been helping fuel this and also truly. reading off of it, you know? Yeah, Amazing. truly. I feel like the History Channel should be thanking him for all the current programming it's yeah. it's allowed to have. Ancient aliens and stuff, it's like, that's all, mm-hmm. this is all part of that that world, really. That that kind of yeah. thinking. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I was reading, I was reading a little bit of his little wiki page and he his movies are universally panned. Like a lot of critics just despise his movies, just period. Uh, and when he was asked about it, uh, how he kind of messes with the science or the history, he just talked about it being like a starting point into getting into the effects and the fun of a movie. Like, mm-hmm. Yeah, I'll start with something that sounds like it's a little bit history based or something. And then just let's go nuts. Let's go. Make a popcorn film is what he wants to do. Uh, Which makes sense as an adult if you're thinking. 
and critical of all this stuff. But I remember watching some of these movies like Day After Tomorrow and just being horrified, being like, <laughs> oh, my goodness, this could happen? Yeah. You're telling me a tidal wave that big will take out everybody? <laughs> That's the Statue of Liberty. That's the tallest thing I've ever seen. And it's being <laughs> overtaken by a wave. We don't stand uh, a chance. <laughs> <laughs> I don't stand a chance. I'd be like, I, I would oh, Google search, point. Google search all these things. So he he can he can definitely stoke the paranoia and the fear. I'm like, it's a good point mind. of like, I'm just taking something that's on the just on the surface of human um, imagination. And just these big kind of hypothetical what ifs and things, these conspiracy things, these things that a lot of people believe when everybody's kind of heard. Roswell, yeah. you've heard about, you know, the pyramids exist, whatever you know or don't know about them. And then just what if them into a movie? Like that is not an insane way of thinking. That's very like logical. It's very like ultimate inter- entertainery. I like a picture like a Barnum and Bay. <laughs> Ringling Brothers type mm-hmm. of like, come here and see the uh, world end, the world ending monstrosity. I got the movie for you. Mm-hmm. All glaciers and dinosaurs. And did you know the dinosaurs are actually, uh, you know what I mean? And the lizard. He hasn't done a lizard people movie yet? Come on, Roland. Yeah, the oh, lizard people it, movie. You know it's in the works. You know it's in the works. It's coming. Gotta be. Gotta be. I'm yeah, waiting on the Tupac and Cuba movie. I gotta see what that one's about. I don't know if there's enough like destruction for him to tackle. Uh, I was that, just about you know? to say with world and yeah, effects. Right. That's... <laughs> we'll figure it out. We'll figure it out. You, you I want to loop see... Tupac into another conspiracy, like the lizard people or uh, the dinosaurs that still exist. Mm-hmm. Tupac is their trainer or something. Like who is controlling these dinosaurs? Tupac Shakur. <laughs> <laughs> He's still alive and wrangling dinosaurs. <laughs> oh my god. Um, no, it's funny that you said like Barnum and Bailey and everything because I was thinking like this is in that genre of like I don't know the land before time or whatever like you know there's a plateau yeah. in South America where there's you know a bunch of dinosaurs yeah. still or something like that like it's really from that kind of era. I'm like surprised that they didn't do War of the War Worlds that Spielberg movie because like that's almost like definitely the sort of like late 1800 sci-fi that they kind of play around in. I understand why Spielberg did it because it's the history of it, the film mm-hmm. history of it and the Orson Welles and all that. Mm-hmm. So he's like tapping into that, but you're right. It really is up. Emmerich was like, don't play in my genre, man. Stay <laughs> right. off my corner, straight. <laughs> Stay off my corner, mm-hmm. Marlowe. <laughs> <laughs> I do destruction. <laughs> what uh, what do you guys think of this movie? Broad, broad thoughts. I know we kind of covered a little bit, but just kind of go and yeah, go ahead yeah. and go be. Okay, sure. Uh, well, you, know, you go first because you know you, you you picked this movie. I did. So let's hear let's hear your thoughts about that. And, and I know you've seen it before. I've seen it before too. And yeah, so how you thought before and how you think now. Sure. So I picked this movie. Uh, something uh, something recently had brought it to mind. And then watching Minority Report last week 
was like also like yeah this is another th- 90 sci-fi-ish thing i'm interested to see how it's aged um mm-hmm. and i kind of had the opposite experience that i had with minority report which is i kind of expected that one to be good or to enjoy it and i kind of didn't and this one i expected kind of to not cuz i remembered not really loving it thinking it was kind of cool but not really loving it and i i enjoyed it i don't it's not shakespeare or anything like that and it's not meant to be um so yeah i uh i don't know i'll be interested to hear if you guys <laughs> enjoyed my suggestion as much as i did um but i was kind of pleasantly surprised um i thought it was like t- pretty tightly focused even though it's like 2 hours it kind of gets into gets into it and it kind of ends out right as the adventure ends. And I don't know, I guess I appreciated that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, no, I agree with you. I had not seen this movie, but I definitely saw Stargate SG one, like the TV show. Right. I remember watching that. And I remember like the, the iconography of it all, like the gate and the whole thing. Uh, so in watching it, having not realized it was a movie i was i was kind of like taken aback by all of the young actors the younger version of the known actors we have i was like james spader i don't think i've seen him young in anything yet and so it was exciting to see uh kurt douglas um and just being like okay wait wait did i say that right kurt russell kurt russell yeah, it's definitely Kurt Russell. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, you guys didn't see Kurt Douglas in yours? Oh, okay. I, know, I saw him at the beginning. At the, at like the very, it was a cameo. He, yeah, he they went back to they went back to Spartacus. You guys didn't see that part? Uh, <laughs> but uh, you didn't realize this was a, a remake of an original 1950s Kirk Douglas movie. <laughs> yeah. Y'all should have read. Oh, man, you got to do the research. Yeah, you got to do the research. Got to do the research, man. Step on the research. I'm not wrong. You do the research. No, uh, but uh, no, it was, it was cool. And it brought me back to the time where those movies had those certain tropes in it that I, I miss and love and realize I grew up on like every movie has a, a love story, no matter what the genre, there's a love story in a commercial movie mm-hmm. and going, Oh yeah. Okay. This is this kind of, this works and I'm watching it and it's fun. And like you said, it's tightly wound and uh, it's it's tightly uh, scripted and plotted. And there weren't any, I expected to have cringe moments, but I didn't cringe at all. I was like, oh yeah, this is fun. I was expecting some um, kind of cringy dialogue or something. Well, it's it was interesting how little dialogue is in this movie, actually, mm-hmm. compared to big action movies. Like there's whole sequences, maybe not sequences, but definitely like action points where they're just not talking. Things are happening. It's not like it's boring, but it's just like minimal amount of dialogue. It's really interesting to to kind of pay attention to that. Uh, I, I'm actually not sure how I felt about it watching it this time, but I appreciate it. Definitely appreciate the '90s-ness of it. You know, it's very like big sweeping music and <laughs> it's mm-hmm. a story that tries to have a little bit of everything. Sometimes it works, sometimes it doesn't. Like, 
random slapsticky comedy moments or very broad comic moments right before like a, the most dangerous, you know, mm. dire moment. Um, the, the cringe moments for me were like in the storytelling, not in the acting or in any specific scene, but like just, oh man, you know, the pyramids had to be built by an alien guy. It's like, yeah, man. And I know that's what he's doing. He's doing a conspiracy kind of movie. He's playing on that. But that's just something stood out to me. And then the love story is like the slave girl. It's like, okay. <laughs> they fall in love. She was bad though. She was like, she was like giving herself to him. She was given to him and then gave herself to him. That's the arc there. <laughs> yeah, that was that so, was uncomfortable. Definitely. So that's a little thing. And then just like the people, it was like they get there and these people are like there's a couple black people, there's a couple potentially Arab actors, but it's like just a mess, just a mess of what they're supposed to represent there. So but it's still, you know, it's still a fun movie. Mm-hmm. Very, it's very silly at times, like the setup with uh, the linguist guy, James Spader, you know, but it's, it was fine. <laughs> but it's worth mentioning. This is a huge franchise. This is a huge franchise. Um, even though there's only one movie that got made and there's a whole rights thing about that. I tried to read it and I was like, I don't even want to, I don't even need to know all this right now. But then there was three TV shows. The first one was the 10 seasons, Stargate SG-1, which mom was just talking about. Mm-hmm. Stargate Atlantis did five or six. Then there was a Stargate Universe that did like two. A web series is the most recent thing they did in 2018. Um, no, they did They did do two of the movies that were direct-to-video. <laughs> direct-to-video movies. It was three movies. Video games, an animated series. <laughs> like, wow. There's a bunch of video games because they did handheld games and then console games and then a pinball game and then there was a simulation game online in the 2000s. <laughs> like, this is a massive, massive franchise. So massive, mm. in fact, that it's like, where is it now? Yeah. It, MGM sitting on these rights, like get off your get off your tush, mm-hmm. put some more Stargate into the world. Like there's obviously money, and they have a huge fandom, a huge cult fandom too. They do a, they used to do a Stargate convention, mm-hmm. and apparently they had one just last year, and they it's kind of irregular because it's just hard to organize a single convention like that. But so they still do Stargate conventions for diehard fans. So wow, yeah, there's definitely potential there. I would, say, I would definitely say if you like went to like a, a comic convention, you know, a larger comic convention anywhere, it's not going to be too long before you walk into the like Stargate cosplayers who are in like the kind of military uniform from yeah. that show or, you know, <laughs> Jason Momoa was in uh, Stargate Atlantis. So oh, wow. he still has like mm, a fan base. Like- yeah. One of his early roles. So he still has a yeah. fan base from there and and that character. So yeah. It's it's kind of interesting. And it was one of the things I thought of while watching it that 
it is such a big franchise and yet only has one movie. Um, and the rest one of the franchise movie, now that we know that. Uh, right, right, right. Of course. Some TV movies yeah. like within the series. Um, right. And it is interesting because the the series is different, you know, slightly. You know, it's it's certainly an adaptation um, and it changes some of the things that are in the movie. So it is interesting that it birthed a whole franchise that's like kind of a tangential spinoff. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, totally. And this was at a time that it came out, movies were like the big money makers, right? It was like, oh man, mm-hmm. to go from movie to TV must not have been a, must not have felt like an upgrade. Um, mm, that's but- interesting. This, this is one of the, probably one of the first to do that. This and Highlander. Mm, yeah. Oh. Yeah, Highlander definitely had its own. It, it built on the kind of the world of it all in TV. Right. Right. Yeah. yeah. I wonder. That's fascinating. That's uh, I, I, I don't even remember much of the series. Uh, I take it it was like Mission of the Week kind of thing, where that's... so similar to Star Trek, maybe Star Trek. I would say so similar to that with kind of maybe some, some, uh, what is the word serialized elements, like, you know, kind of villain of the season sort of deal. So, so what were they, what were they doing on the show in terms of like, was it so, all around ancient Egypt and they had to, you know, I actually don't know. Yeah. So it was interesting, uh, in, in the sense that they kind of made the ancient Egypt um aliens quote unquote kind of a, one race within kind of a, a larger universe and all of these different higher aliens or whatever had at one point visited earth in the past via their various stargates and mm-hmm. they formed and so like each mythology on earth was this various alien race that had communicated to earth in our past through sure. a stargate that's kind of how they expanded on it and kept it going for however many seasons almost 15 seasons i guess of different shows so they were exploring different alien races yeah in the show hmm. that that was that was i didn't i saw a fair amount of it but i mm-hmm. I can't say if it was only alien races, um, but yeah, it seemed to be like other alien interdimensional beings, like kind of like whatever you could reach through a Stargate, you know, like kind of the portal in space kind of genre. Yeah. Right. Yeah. It feels like, so it's, it's built for that many spinoffs. It's built to just keep creating stories. Um, And in fact, I, before watching it, I looked up the script just to see what it looked like, who wrote it. And uh, the end of the script ends pretty similarly to the movie, but it just ends with a ending part one. Mm-hmm. And so it teases a bigger universe, mm-hmm. a bigger like series. Interesting. Which 
which was like, okay, this is, this makes sense. Like, let's, uh, that cash in the chips. Let's keep running the money counter. Let's make it, let's make it happen. I, I mean, did re- definitely read, ahead of the game. Go ahead. I was just going to say, I did read earlier that like the writer had always envisioned it as like at least a trilogy, which is interesting to think of like, yeah, what could it have been? You know, what would yeah. that version have been? Yeah. Cause they left James Spader. Which, yeah. <laughs> which with his slave wife. Yeah, with his slave wife. <laughs> who, of right. course, was also like the fairest skinned person in the whole yeah, a, that, uh, alien human race or whatever. Mm-hmm. That stood of out course. to me too, for sure. <laughs> yeah. I think they'd come back in, in the actual movie if they ever come back to see James Spader. He's there and he's the god now. And he's not letting nobody read just like the other guy was. He just turned <laughs> all powerful, you know? It's like I, I was a nerd <laughs> where I'm from, but over here, right. wow! Mm-hmm. Oh my god! Uh, and then it's all about yeah. stopping him because he's got <laughs> he's got Ra's power. Oh man, it writes itself. It writes itself. <laughs> it writes itself. We don't uh, need a Devl- script. Devlin said, uh, "Man, I can't find it now, but that this movie was about Egyptian." Uh, right, Egyptian mythology, and the next one he said it was supposed to be about some other mythology. I can't find it right now. I should have highlighted it as something. And then the third one was bringing those, like combining all the mythologies together, mm-hmm. and 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 blowing it up that way. So he definitely had a plan, like you said. He knew Correct. what he wanted to do. They just didn't let him do it. They just didn't let him do it. They just never let him do it. Yeah. I think that, like I said, that would have been an interesting thing to have seen, you know? Uh, For sure. I think there's some, like, because you, you, you mentioned Spader, and I also think that that led to it because I've been watching um, The Blacklist just kind of as a back, background show uh, around the mm-hmm. house, you know what I mean? And so yeah. I think that definitely also had something to do with it, where it's like, man, I'm in sci-fi mode. What's up with Stargate, you know? Sure. Right, right. But yeah, yeah. It, it, it's an it's a interesting, it does point to like something bigger. Um, but I also thought it was like cool to see as many, like, I, didn't, I forgot Jai Mahansu was in this, you know? Yeah. Like there's a bunch of stuff like that. Wait, who? John who? Uh Jaiman Hansu. He's like uh oh, one yeah. of the like guard dudes. Yeah, that's right. He got he got killed early. Yeah, man. No, he didn't get killed early. He got killed <laughs> brutally. He got killed quick when the fighting started, it was quick. Yeah, yeah, for <laughs> but sure. But he wasn't there for a while. He was like one of the guards and he had a lot of close ups, so I'm sure he was that was good for him at the time. Oh yeah, definitely, definitely. Yeah. Now this reminds me. It feels like um that time because what well, didn't the mummy come out around then? And uh, mummy would have been ninety nine. Because okay. uh, the guy who plays the chief, Eric Avari, he's definitely in the mummy too. He's like the lib- librarian dude in the beginning of the mummy. Yeah, the mummy's ninety nine. Right. So right. I feel like. This in a way, be, they're around the same time. 
Yeah, I feel Definitely. like this is around that same same things are going on in the zeitgeist, right? Mm-hmm. That kind of like pre-internet, like, hey, you know, this could be real. There's, who knows? Who knows? And just run with it off of a forum or something, some AOL chat being like, yo, I heard, I heard aliens run, created the well pyramids. You know, is it any is it any different really? Especially the mummy, especially, but is it that much different than a vampire movie or you know, a werewolf movie or any other creature from popular imagination, right? Frosty the snowman. It's like we have mm-hmm. these tales and we tell different versions of these tales. Mm-hmm. And the ni- late 1900s to now is tales are told through movies. Mm-hmm. So this is the movie version of the tale of mummies, of the tales of the building of the pyramids. Yeah, I I think the only difference is that mummies are real, and like it comes from a real culture, and it comes from like uh, yeah. mummies meaning people were mummified and buried in that way, and the the pyramids are real, like all these things are real. So then they come to like Africa and go, nah, no, 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 no. There's some, there's some mystic something happening here. Let's run with it and create this crazy stories with the little information that we have, as opposed to vampires and all this other stuff that are created. You know what I mean? Right. Or they have a basis in reality, a lot of them, but they're not a whole people. (laughs) It's like the story (laughs) of the witch or. This right. guy who lived in the outskirts of town who drank blood or was a cannibal, he's a werewolf. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. But this is mm-hmm. like the Egyptians, <laughs> ancient <laughs> Egyptians. Mm-hmm. All of them. Which is a different, which is a different thing. I don't, I don't know. It's sure to make of this movie, but it, 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 it's also like kind of two, maybe three movies in one, which is amazing how they kept it just to two hours, you know, and not mm-hmm. two and a half, three hours. Because it's first, it's the story of Daniel, this linguist. I mean, skipping ahead from the, like, the prologue where they're, like, in the 1920s or whatever. But it's, like, him and then being recruited to unlock these mysteries. That could be one movie, mm-hmm. you know? Mm-hmm. And maybe somebody's trying to stop him from doing it. It could all happen on Earth. That could be one movie. And then there's a movie where they go, they use a Stargate. So like in another kind of action movie, it would start with the team together and we would kind of learn about them through their interactions, Mm. but they're going through the Stargate in like the first 10 minutes. Like that's a whole separate movie. And then there's kind of a third movie that is maybe the second, but the third movie is this epic fight against Ra and his people. And this magical, all-powerful being, and then the the slaves of this world that they travel to. So it kind of made it. It's kind of three movies in one, which I think accounts for like the pacing of it and things like that. Yeah, yeah, and it's it it's impressive in that way. Where I want to go. Come on, y'all. We got to get back to this two hour movie. That's actually three movies in one. 
Right. <laughs> Come on. You can't now you can't tell me that it takes you three and a half hours to make a movie that's just one story. They did that's it. They did three and that's an interesting point. Yeah. That is that's a really interesting point. Cause it's like the linguist, the James Spader character. How long do you really want to be just with him? You know? <laughs> <laughs> right. Exactly. <laughs> he's he's not that you don't you don't want to get bored of him. You're like, okay, I yeah. get it. He's a professor. He's a, All right, we're moving. Yeah, he's kind of a weirdo professor, but they also made it where he has no life on earth. So there's no reason to follow him. He doesn't have <laughs> like, I gotta get back to see my kids' soccer game. You know, there's nothing like that with him. Mm-hmm. And then Kurt Russell's character also has no life on earth. He's just a soldier. Mm-hmm. And he's so kind of you know, it's so clear who he is really early on that like, how much time do you want to spend with him? We just need to, need to hit it and keep moving. Keep moving. Who's next? Who's next? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's, it's funny, though. It's, uh, it's far, I do think it moves very fast. But then I felt like, you know, one of the things that we talked about in Minority Report was like this kind of tragic child backstory of yeah. the hero. And this one had one too, but I was actually like, I felt like they accomplished more with less scenes about it <laughs> in this movie. Yeah. But actually just like having it have some sort of emotional stake as opposed to trying to be a plot point. Yeah. I mean, it is, it's always a plot point, but you know what I mean? This movie was kind of told like an oral tradition. Uh, and I think I think it largely works. Like it's entertaining and it keeps moving. It, it has a fast pace, but it's not. You don't really feel like you're missing anything else. But it's like a bedtime story. Like hey, uh, so what's this guy? And then he finds these hieroglyphics, and then the hieroglyphics uh, they open a stargate. So then um, a bunch of soldiers and him they go to the and they go into the stargate, and it's like oh. I'll finish it tomorrow before bed, you know, <laughs> but you got to keep kind of, you got to keep heightening and raising and introducing a new world. You, you can't linger in like, there's this linguist. And when he was a child, uh, he was bullied. And his, mm-hmm. He loves this other professor, but she doesn't love him. She doesn't. <laughs> so then he has these, high, you know, you can't kind of live in it so much. It's just kind of like, bam, bang, bang. Truly. It's comforting in that way. It's like, oh yeah, I remember these movies where you're just like, all right, the movie's done and I'm I'm done with it. I'm like, okay, great. Fun. That was a fun ride. I got some action. I got some romance. I got some uh, suspense. I got some fake science. Mm-hmm. That's all I need. Just give me the McDonald's toys and I'm ready to go. So what, yeah. what, what was... As you, go ahead, B. I was going to say, as you guys are talking about it, it's just like, it's striking me, man, how, how 90s it was, how 90s sci-fi it is. I mean, it almost sounds like we're described... Like, I'm thinking like books and sci-fi stories that were going on at that time. And it, it sounds like we're describing something and it felt very like Michael Crichton-y, you know what I mean? Like just like the injection of like a modern military or government apparatus with a embed, embedded scholar, you know what I mean? Involved in this weird sci-fi like thing like Jurassic Park or, you know, I think yeah. the timeline, which is like time travel and stuff like that. So. It felt very nineties. Sorry. What was the the story of Ra? 
in this movie. Mm-hmm. Rob being the the bad guy that turns out to be yeah, an yeah. alien that they're all Ex- worshiping. Yeah, that's a Ex- great explain, question. Ex- <laughs> explain his 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 origin for people listening. Sure. So, and they kind of accomplish it in a really quick, like, <laughs> um, bit of like exposition but like basically he's a alien from a dying race the last one he wants to be immortal he finds some young boy in ancient egypt and like possesses his body and well, then to earth. He, yeah he he like travels to earth mm-hmm. at, as he's like uh i guess like looking as he's like dying and looking for a way to save himself. He's just traveling through the galaxy. Um, back in whatever the distant past. Mm-hmm. And then he's been ruling like a God ever since he was overthrown on earth though, because it seems like maybe earth wasn't his capital. He was trying to run earth from like wherever he was there. Mm-hmm. So, Earth was overthrown, and that's why they found the Stargate buried. Oh, so he took over this boy's body. I think so, yeah. And then yes. became the king, made himself the king. Mm-hmm. But the people revolted. It says, humans on Earth revolted, overthrew Ra's overseers. So that's what you were saying. He had people looking out here. Mm-hmm. While he was... Where? Where was he? On another I mean, planet? I mean, he wasn't on this planet in the beginning of the the alien planet that we go to. He wasn't on it until about halfway through the movie. So I assume like, what that else did he have to Ra do? is moving going? around. Yeah. Well, <laughs> why was he? He's got so moves to make, then, man. Yeah, he did. <laughs> but then at the end, he was like, he he was talking about the things he got from earth or from being human. Mm. Um, I can't really remember the significance of that, but then he wanted to destroy Earth. He was like, it's interesting because he was like, I created you. Now I want to destroy you. What did he create? If he took a human's body. Did you get that in the movie? No, I I remember hearing that in, not fully that was one of those like sci-fi mumbo jumbo where i was like all right right, whatever let's just get to the fight Uh, that's where i was but i guess he created the religion that they follow and he created maybe the the i mean they weren't even in the temples or anything he was it was just him and his guards that's it well it was weird because he he took the body because human bodies extend his own life. Then he took a bunch of those people to this planet, Abydos, to mine the mineral that is used in alien technology. Basically, vibranium. <laughs> alien right. vibranium mm-hmm. or something. Yeah. What's the one what's from... Uh, uh, what's the one unobt- from Avatar? Unobtainium? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> so basically... Well, what was also funny is when they went to this Abydos planet, 
they were still living like ancient Egyptians, pretty much. But he clearly had advanced technology. He had like a ship. His guards had these like animal Egyptian looking masks that in 1994 CGI just like wrapped off around them like Iron Man suit or something. Mm-hmm. So I thought it was a cool piece of like technology to see it old movie just for them to think of that back then. But why didn't those people, you know, they had a whole city, but they lived primitively, which basically to say like without electricity. Mm-hmm. But he had all this technology. Wow. They, they should have had a more advanced society is all, is all I'm saying. But you get why, because the movie and they're supposed to be the ancient Egyptians and it's mapping that. So when they go to the planet, they have to uh, embody that for the viewer, mm-hmm. that these are Egyptians stuck in time as, as slaves or whatever. I think, I think I remember at one point they also said something to the effect that like after earth revolted he like cracked down on the rest of the planets under his control so like mm. he that that he might be actively keeping them at a certain level of technology yeah. or whatever yeah can't, can't risk it for the biscuit those humans already did it you know what i mean i thought um you know it kind of felt like one of those just big villain moments right i created you i'll take you out i i i think it's it's kind of like one of those tropes of just kind of pop culture understanding of history that egypt is like the first human civilization there were right. others or at least proto civilizations mm-hmm. though egypt is very very old um incredibly so but you know it's just kind of that idea of like you know, I, I gave you, like, I discovered you as like a lowly creature and I gave you this gift of civilization and I'll take it back. And it's, it is a very, um, kind of, even in that, that 19th century where we were talking about, it's a very like imperial sort of idea, like an old idea of like the value of humanity, I think. Mm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. What they also did was when they arrived in this planet and meet the natives for basically what they are at this point, how they always like, you know, this being written by white guys, it's like they're talking down to the natives who have a whole civilization, you know, they're like, oh, you don't understand what I'm saying. Oh, and then the natives are like mimicking them. But like, it's just in a numbers game, like there's more of you. You need to learn their culture. They don't need to learn yours. And then all of a sudden, at some point, Daniel, our linguist, was just speaking with them. He just knew. I guess because he mm-hmm. studied it. He, But it was funny. It took him so long to be like, oh, I can just speak this language. But all of a sudden, mm-hmm. he was just speaking it. <laughs> I know. The fastest way to learn a language is to have a romantic partner that speaks that language. <laughs> so <laughs> he learned real quick to communicate with that. He, one. He, oh man, he he knew that and he planned for it. This is survival <laughs> skill 101. Truly. When I'm lost in a someplace, fall in love. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Now, but that that is so uh like you're saying, Aaron, that just exemplifies what it's like to be 
in like a, an American, I guess, just being anywhere in the world in general, like the negative stereotype is the coming in being like, what's going on? How come nothing is in English? And it's yeah, like, yeah. you're, you're in a different culture, different country. And you can't even, you can't even accept that they don't have 24 hours, uh, McDonald's and subways. Like what's like, this is just a different world. Accept it. You walk through a portal, Kurt Douglas, like <laughs> figure out you're going to, you're going to be in a different place, you know? Damn, yeah. Kirk Douglas. Spartacus. Come on, <laughs> Get your act together. Get your act, Get your together. act together, Kirk. Uh, no, one thing I did appreciate about the movie in that regard, and I do think this movie has some really problematic ideas of like race, ethnicity, color, um, and all, and, and so many other things like that. But I did appreciate that at no point um, did any of the people from that planet who were supposed to be these ancient Egyptians, like none of them ever spoke English. I was like, that's kind of, I'm surprised at that. I'm surprised at the choice to like have a whole like ancient Egyptian language consultant and like Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. teach a bunch of actors how to say those lines rather than just, you know, 10 minutes into the thing. They can, everybody can speak English. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, so, that's a, that's a respectable detail. That's true. That was interesting, but also, yeah, like you know, watching it with closed captioning on, like even the closed caption, like refers to the people as like natives, right? Like natives cheer, things like that. So I was like, <laughs> mm, that doesn't feel good. It's interesting, and there was the, the you know, or the use of a magical translation device, like. Yeah, we, we can't understand you. Drink this, and then you can understand this, and we can understand. <laughs> right. They kept they, yeah. they they kept that going the whole movie. Like Ra has some sort of magical technological thing, and everybody speaks the same language suddenly. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, Ra should have spoke alien. There should have been something else. There should have been. Oh man, wow, that would have been wild. Yeah, if Rod didn't speak English too, mm-hmm. maybe too tough to, to, yeah, to spell always... out in a movie like this, you know. <laughs> They're yeah, already accomplishing so much. You got three movies in this one. Now you can't have three different languages. Yeah. It'd be interesting to see like how would how would you make that recognizable? Right. You know what I mean? Other than to put mm-hmm. it in captions and say alien language. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah, that's true. Yeah, yeah, that, yeah. It would have to sound different to, as well to make it. Uh, how, maybe a, it would, how alien would it have to be? <laughs> you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Just yeah. beeps and whistles. <laughs> so, <Yeah>. Incredibly threatening. <laughs> <laughs> High pitch whistles. Oh man, that, that made me think. I'm waiting for somebody to do an alien language that's beatboxing. You know. <laughs> Like, hi, how are you? And they're like, oh, what? (laughs) That's the language. It's so rhythmic. Beautiful. (laughs) We got Mark here in the back. He's from from the Bronx. Can you translate (laughs) what they're saying? I can't translate it, but I can spit some bars. (laughs) Go ahead. Ask him to say something. (laughs) <laughs> and he's like, yo, yo, yo. 
<laughs> but in their language, that actually is the communication. It's, it's how it works. Yeah, it's perfect. Yeah, it just works. Uh, you just got to spit bars on it, and you just know what the other person was trying to tell you. <laughs> Once they hear him rapping, they're like, "Oh, yeah!" <laughs> and then the Americans are like, "Hey, hey. oh my god, this is beautiful, beautiful." We finally get it. Put your guns down. <laughs> and then, like, the nerd character is like, let me try. My name is Steve. <laughs> and they're like, ah, boo. boo. Easy, <laughs> easy jokes. Easy jokes. Easy. Full eight mile moment. <laughs> it's, yeah. It's like the dorky white guy. They're like, ah, get out of here, Steve. Mm-hmm. I can rap. And then Steve raps at the end to save the day somehow. Yeah. Yeah. It keeps <laughs> the uh, alien from destroying Earth. Mm-hmm. He's like, Steve, you got to help us. And he's like, back in the shadows in my class. Like, well, Steve, where did you get these bars, man? Where did you get these bars? There's been so many montages in that movie leading up to that point. Yeah. <laughs> Nobody want to rap. Nobody's want to record. Yeah, he gets a record. It ends the movie. Like, he gets a record deal. The earth is saved. Yeah, with aliens. Steve. But before you go to credits, you have like that, like those epilogues, and it says his album never sold. (laughs) (laughs) Once he said, once once the aliens are gone, you don't need to entertain that garbage anymore. (laughs) (laughs) No, I was whack. Thanks for the thanks for saving us. (laughs) We appreciate it. Then they got to pull him out of retirement. (laughs) Yeah, Steve had one hot sixteen. He didn't have a whole song. Just one out sixteen. Yeah, he never he never went f- further than that. <laughs> Could have been somebody. What did you That's guys it. think of the villain? I thought you know, like Ra, as a character within the story, you know, reg- pretty regular villain. But I thought Jay Davidson, the actor, did a a really good job. They were like very. Very threatening. And uh yeah, like, t- to look like a sixteen year old uh for sure heartthrob to also be kind of kind of menacing for sure. Yeah. Oh That's- for sure. Like very slight, very pretty person, right? Like incredibly right. so. And it's like, but yeah, is like has like this and very like small too. You know what I mean? Or at least it right. looked like so yeah. so kind of like, wispy. What is like yeah. Pretty great performance, I thought. Truly, and like physically embodied this kind of like, like waif, like intimidating. The movements were a little like off-putting, mm-hmm. and yeah, it was it was it worked. It was intimidating and powerful. Well, I'm wondering, this person's not really an actor, Jay Davidson. Really oh, no. He only has like four credits. This yeah, wasn't I, there. I well, saw for whatever reason, you know. Yeah, I saw somewhere online reading about it that uh, they retired, or I think he, I think he is his pronouns, but I'll just stick with that. But uh, but that Jay Davidson had retired from uh, acting not long after this, that just not was not liking the amount of fame or how or the fame that they were getting. Wow. Sure. Okay. But great job and. Also in a movie called The Crying Game, which kind of connects back to us doing Interview with the 
Vampire because I think it was that director's movie that can't that they did right before Interview with the Vampire. Mm-hmm. Oh wow! The same okay. director from Interview with a Vampire. Yeah, did, did the Crying Game. Did the Crying Game. Wow. They were definitely yeah. in their bag. Truly, <laughs> truly at that time. Hit after hit. No, yeah, Jay was an incredible. It's a, he, their um, their career is like. If those are the movies in your thing before you retire, that's like awesome. Crime Game, Stargate, you almost have like a Chris Tucker type career, where only made hits. Only hits. I could, I could see that is like maybe you know you're young too much too too soon. Crime Game was like a big indie hit. Yeah. In '92, and this was obviously a huge blockbuster. So. Get it. It's not for everybody. And uh, it's really pretty, you know, pretty dangerous, <laughs> actually, mm-hmm. fame as a thing. So, for sure. For sure. I do, I do wonder, I do wonder, you know, what they're doing now, though, just yeah. in a general sense. You always wonder how people go. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. But yeah, I thought the uh, kind of the imperial expressions kind of were like very effective, <laughs> you know, <laughs> like yeah. Ra- Rob, Ra definitely seemed like he was not with anything just at all, just unentertained by anything. No, definitely, definitely. Like, Truly. Definitely conveys that image of like the, the child king that you always hear about mm. Egypt or King Tut. It's like so pampered and taken care of, but cold and ruthless, right? Mm-hmm. Maybe like yeah. physically weak in the body. Yeah, that's powerful. a great point. I hadn't thought about that, but yeah, that's a great point. It really is interesting. I I think, you know, you, you saying, talking about the uh, mummies and mummy movies, I never really thought about this as a mummy movie, but I do feel like it's kind of a sci-fi interpretation of that too, right? Like the, the evil pharaoh kind of trope, you know what I mean? That's like immortal and still exerting control. I never really caught that before, but I think there's something there for sure. Like sci-fi instead of magic. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Like same trope. Yeah. Um. Anything else about this movie? Uh. You just thought about, I mean, you know, anything before so we get pa- into a little bit of casting. Yeah. I guess one last thing that I thought about while watching it was like uh, Patrick Tatopoulos, uh is like the creature designer on this movie, uh-huh. I think, or or one of. And he went on to do like, I think, a lot of movies with Dean Devlin and Roland Emmerich, so like Independence Day and everything, but and Godzilla. I think the underworld movies, just a lot of kind of the creature features out there. He's like one of those guys who's like kind of like on the Stan Winston and K and B, like those kind of creature feature folks. So check out his work if you want, if you like that sort of thing. Yeah, yeah definitely. I they're still doing that kind of stuff now. So much CGI now. I wonder what movies are using anything 
uh, real, anything physical for the creation of, you know, any kind of creature or anything. I hope that's not a dead art form. I hope that's still that's still going along. No. People are still doing that. If people are still shooting on film, they're still going to be, hopefully, using practical effects. I feel like a lot of the zombie things are the things that utilize that most these days. Mm-hmm. Mm. You know? Yeah, I gotta imagine. Um, the Walking Dead on TV. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Gotta be. Gotta be. Oh. Or kind of, I guess, any low-budget horror is probably... Yeah. Dabbling. Yeah. Still using Where are the effects? creatures? When was the last time we had a creature? Big old creature that would... You know, yeah, that's like, a great question. What's that John Krasinski that, movie? I felt like that had a creature, but I don't office? think that... Uh, <laughs> yeah, the office, the movie. <laughs> An amazing quiet, creature the feature. Quiet, <laughs> the Quiet Place? Yeah, that was kind of creaturey, but like it had a creature, but I don't feel like it was like all digital. You didn't really get a chance to see it, right? It was kept. Mm-hmm. Well, that movie, Prey, did you see that? Prey? It was. Um, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Predator yeah, prequel, sure. right? Yeah. Yeah. I think there had yes. to be a mix in that one because that wasn't like a lower budget deal. Definitely. Oh, yeah, yeah. for sure. Predator movies in general, probably a big, a big franchise within that whole creature feature space. Yeah. Mm. I mean, you go to any amusement park, they got the creatures out. So they've got all the. Uh... No, nah, man, that's all AI. None of that is real. <laughs> <sighs> and what am I paying this money for? <laughs> I, t- I touched it, though. <laughs> it, was, <laughs> it was, I took a picture with it. Nah, man. You didn't. Um, no, <laughs> my no, hand squeaked on the rubber. No, no, that didn't <laughs> I don't know. Even the camera was AI. Yeah. What? No. Augmented reality projection, buddy. <laughs> mm-hmm. Um, let's do a quick casting. There's not really much to do here, yeah, or you could do as much as you had wanted to. You know. Yeah, I didn't really have much. I had three too. Yeah, I went three. I really just focused on the on the on the top two. And just kept it like that. So I'll be interested to hear who your third is. Um, yeah. Okay. Let's do the James Spader. The. Uh, oh yeah. The ling the linguist. The linguist. Daniel. The kind of hero of the film. The single linguist. Yeah. Um. Uh, I had Donald Glover. Mm. Mm-hmm. 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 Come on. Solid. I, I picked the uh the mighty most deaf. Mm. I think I think he'd kill it. Are you shooting this little... now or yeah, yeah. We could shoot it in two thousands too, but either one. Now I I I I'll go with um Let me think. There's like a name on the tip of my brain that I can't pull it all the way forward. Coleman Domingo. <laughs> you know what? <laughs> Colton Dunn. Let's switch it. <laughs> the homie Colton Dunn. Let's go. Let's go. <laughs> Let's go, mm-hmm. Colton Dunn. Superstar yeah. and uh, a bunch of other stuff. Uh, Kurt Russell. 
uh, I went common. Yeah, because because of AI. <laughs> you got comments too? No, I almost I almost went with him. I was this close. Wow. I went with uh, LL. Gotta mm. go with Ladies Love Cool James. Why? He is he it, could do it today. He could do it back then. What is the? Why was it a rap? Why did you both choose rappers for that role? That's interesting. Yeah, that's really interesting. This feels like one of those movies that would be made with rappers in it, you know? And also, those two rappers are also, I feel like, actors who, like, do those sort of roles, too. Right. Yeah. Yeah, it's such like, a type. It's like nerd. Like military? Yeah. Like, I yeah. feel like, isn't LL's been on, like, that NCIS thing for, like, that thing, mm-hmm. show. Yeah, no but isn't he, like, the cool but... guy? Isn't he, like, the cool, like, Kind of I've never comment. watched it. <laughs> Me I, don't, I don't know what I'm talking about. Nah, he, no, he for sure no disrespect. I just have yeah, no disrespect. It's just definitely no disrespect. Nah, he he for sure plays those roles. Just look at him. He's like, he he is, yeah. you know, Kurt Russell, just playing that silent, deadly type. You know what I mean? Kurt Russell definitely nah, had a type. I don't. Kurt Russell he, definitely did. I don't know if LL is in that is in that category. But, oh man, uh, Escape from New York. I wouldn't say it wouldn't work. LL as with LL. <laughs> hey, yo, let me out of jail, son. I'm gonna go. That's a horrible LL. I don't know an LL impression. I, I'm gonna go with um, Ray Fisher from Cyborg. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah. Cyborg and Justice League. Yeah, go with Ray. Big Ray. All right, who's the third one you got? Uh, Ra. Same. Uh, oh, yeah. Huh, let me think about Ra. Okay, who you got for Ra? Zendaya. Ooh. Oh, is it Zendaya or Zendaya? Do we know? I don't know. I I I have said both a lot. That's a great question. Yeah, that's it. <laughs> Zendaya is the right away where my head goes, but it's not based on any fact. It's just yeah, yeah. Feels like a Zendaya. VD. Zendaya. No. ZD, Can ZD sounds any? like a. That sounds, ZD is a little too close to VD. It sounds yeah, a little too. It, sounds, it definitely sounds like a little okay, bit okay. like a yeah. Yeah, I guess she's in the. She's a single name person anyway. Zendaya. Yeah, we don't even know her last name. Honestly, I, I can't no think of it. Jackson, Williams. Yeah, <laughs> something super for sure. <laughs> <laughs> Zendaya Jefferson. Uh, yeah, that's that's a great that's a great choice. I want to go with yours, um, you but if Zendaya is not available, I'm going. Zendaya, Marie Stomer, Stomer, Stomer Coleman. It is Coleman. Zendaya Coleman. Wow, Zendaya Coleman. Okay, Zendaya she's in. Marie Stormer Coleman. Black people no, have the most English names in the world. We've talked about this sure. many times. For sure. So proper, proper English. All right, I'm on. Who you get for? I went with uh, Lil Nas X. Mm. I think you turn it into it's. If we're gonna go full '90s, he's also doing the music video. Good. Yeah, like, I kind of fuck with that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He yeah, might yeah. be. He might be good. He might be good. Actually, he would yeah. kill. He would kill this one. I would let. I would I'm hope go. that they make it a little bit. Let let him make that character a little bit more colorful. If you got little Nas X in there, oh, don't give him some. I'm gonna go Victor Wimbenyama. 
the seven foot five NBA rookie is going to be my Egyptian space alien body guy. When he took over this kid's body, when they melted, it, it made him super tall. Okay. Seven feet, five inches to be exact. And I'm going to put this giant. Yeah. You got to come see. Look, if you're in Roland Emmerich's state of mind, you're a ringling brother. Mm-hmm. You gotta, you gotta get the spectacle. So I'm even gonna cast the spectacle. A black Frenchman. He already has a kind of stoic face because he's a, he's an athlete, you know. An athlete's always kind of like, you know, <laughs> just like the public persona. <laughs> he also has a really unique look if you look him up, like his face, like it's a good looking kid, but he has like a really, I don't know, real kind of ancient face, sculptural, mm. how it goes, mm-hmm. you know. And yeah. he's super tall and super skinny, so it's really a real unique shape. This yeah. is the same reason they used to put like Andre the Giant in movies, you know, or Wilt Chamberlain. It's like, hey, right. biggest people on the planet on right. the biggest screen you can see. He yeah. should be in the Avatar. James Cameron, put this man in blue. You don't even need to CGI him. He's just there. <laughs> yeah. Put him in blue. It makes me think about like Darth Vader and Chewbacca, those were like super tall guys, and like the the actor that played the alien in Alien, like back mm-hmm. then they used to just have like real tall guys playing like big yeah, alien. You just put them in there. Okay. George Murison did a couple movies, My Giant with Billy Crystal. George Murison mm-hmm. was an NBA player who was seven seven, even taller. Whoa! But much much less mobile. He 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 had like. Issues didn't play long. Yao Ming has never been in a movie. Why has Yao Ming never been in a movie? He, he doesn't want to do it. He doesn't want to do he it. He doesn't Yao want to Ming's do it. Not a, yeah. He's not a big uh, public. He doesn't want to be all up in the. But somebody should have put Yao Ming in a movie. Shaq's been in a bunch of movies. Kareem is 7'3". He's been in a bunch of movies. For sure. It is in Victor Wimbanyama's future to be in a movie. Oh, yeah. Guaranteed. He's getting offers all the time. You heard it and here first. Exactly. You, let's shoot this offer to him. So you want to do the Stargate, Stargate Atlanta, make it work. Just have a full black cast. Love it. But if it was All a right. true '90s movie, it would have to be Victor Wembanyama with like a Danny DeVito. You know what I mean? Like the the contrast. <laughs> you need the, uh, with Kevin Hart. It'd have to be Victor and Kevin Hart. What you could do is like. Me and Victor. And I'm everybody. I'm in like a town and I'm, I'm like the tallest guy. And I'm like, oh, the tallest guy. And then Victor comes in and he makes me look normal, but I make everybody else look small. So he right. makes me look small, <laughs> makes everybody else look tiny. And then I'm threatened <laughs> by his by his height. I'm like, I was the tallest guy. Who was this guy? <laughs> and there's some kind of competition that, that happens. It's the annual city basketball tournament. I've been dominating for 20 years. I'm just taller than everybody in this short time. <laughs> We're in East LA. It's just me, a bunch of Asians and Mexicans. And then Victor moves in. I can't beat this guy. But then we team this- up and we then we team up and we go to the three-on-three tournament in Venice Beach where there's other tall people. And mm. we have to win that. Whew. It writes itself. Is this <laughs> it's written a- itself. Is this a separate movie than your Stargate starring Victor? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> okay. 
<laughs> me and Victor. When Amon said it's like a Danny DeVito Victor movie, then it, then, it, then we started talking about a different kind of nineties like whimsical movie. Gotcha, mm-hmm. gotcha. I thought I, I also thought there was but, a possibility it was all connected. <laughs> we could go to an alien planet and play giant. I mean, this is you know space Space Jam three. Yeah. Victor Wimbenyama and Space Jam three. The aliens, it's a super tall race of aliens, but he's the same height as them. They need, you know. Mm. Yo, bro, this is beyond. Yeah, don't give all the gold away right now. (laughs) (laughs) You are an exec, either, which there are no that listen to this, but you either need to erase the last 30 seconds from your brain, you need to call us up. You need to call us up. Yeah, exactly. No, if if this is Stargate with with too tall, you and Victor, just go back to the time when was it James Naismith invented basketball, and then become the god of and, basketball. There's no money in 1888. <laughs> you're right. You're right. You're right. He's in the he's in the right time. He's in the right time. He's making all the money now. <laughs> he's gonna get a billion dollar contract. He's gonna get a billion dollar contract before 2030. Wow. Like, guaranteed. <sighs> the guy in the offseason signed a $300 million contract. Like, a billion is right around the corner. That's wild. It is. It's insane. I do want to see the Victor Wimayama movie that uh, he has to go, like, back in time and stop, like, uh, Naismith or whatever. Like, <laughs> like a he race against time. <laughs> Victor Wimayama kills Hitler or <laughs> right Stalin or Leopold. it's a it's a series. Yeah, it's a series. <laughs> you gotta get off the and start writing it. It's Genghis Khan. <laughs> he has to stop. David. Whoa. Then he's the myth of Goliath. It's Quantum Leap. <laughs> exactly. He's wow. just hoping anyway, that the next leap will be the leap home. <laughs> it will be the leap back home. He's got a game at eight. He's got to get back <laughs> <laughs> and play for the Spurs before <sighs> time runs out. They're trying to win a chance. It's a big, it's a big game. It's a championship game or something. Mm-hmm. All-star game or something. He's got to get back, man. Um, Great. Stargate, fun movie, man. Fun movie. Mm-hmm. Um, I might even dabble in some Stargate SG-1 in the first series because now I'm interested in how they continued the storyline, you know. I, I'll at least read some of the Wikipedia page if I don't, I can't find it or don't make the time to watch it, but. Yeah. I think it's on one of the, definitely one of the streamers, I'm pretty sure. Very, very interesting franchise and Roland Emmerich, a master of the three ring circus, the, you know, mm-hmm. uh, there's a word I'm trying to think of that I cannot think of. Like a, oh man, oh, showman, the greatest showman, Roland Emmerich. Roland Emmerich, the greatest showman. Yeah. <laughs> oh man, I really am interested. He just did a movie, Snowfall, about a, I think a comet or asteroid coming. Oh, to that's Earth. him. I definitely keep yeah. seeing like that. Like cover image or whatever. Oh yeah, yeah. Uh, Moonfall. 
was Moonfall. Moonfall. Not Snowfall. Mm-hmm. Did I say Snowfall? Said, Moonfall. I was like, Snowfall, that would be hilarious if he directed an episode of that. <laughs> <laughs> oh, what drugs in LA? <laughs> These drugs are by uh are gonna start uh, the apocalypse, something like that. Mm-hmm. It, 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 I was gonna say it's interesting if he does something like related to like COVID and misinformation and I mean, he should do the January 6th movie. Oh, my God. Be like a Whew. ancient Maybe that's not epic enough for him. Yeah, the beginning gotta, of, you know, the founders or whatever. He's got to tie in, like, big Illuminati. Oh, big Illuminati <laughs> movie. He's got to do it. He, yeah, he, oh, I'm surprised yeah. he hasn't done a big Illuminati movie. Yeah. He knows he knows they take him out. He mm-hmm. <laughs> didn't want to risk it. He played it safe. He's a nah. smart man. He's a smart man. He's staying out of it. Staying out of it. But if Moonfall Big Illuminati. Fought, he, he's like, now's the time. I'm 70. <laughs> now or never. Yeah. I got expose. nothing left to lose. Screw you, Roman Catholic Church. <laughs> right. <laughs> or whoever. I did think like it's interesting that he hasn't done like a Dan Brown sort of movie, like a Da Vinci Code sort of like, because that I feel like is another sort of the, one of these things where it's like it's playing off a conspiracy theory, but mm-hmm. it's so big that it's influenced those who believe in the insp- conspiracy theory sort of deal. I feel like the the threat just isn't big enough. Well, he, he would have to make it like. That if you solve these clues, mm. Lucifer emerges from a chasm in the volcano or something, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Because he needs like a world destruction, world ending part of it. Yeah. He he loves the directing those effects. Yeah. And he was into it before, you know, the effects were even solid. So this man is just yeah. obsessed with them. Makes me think of another 90s effects creature feature that's kind of about Lucifer breaking out, but Arnold Schwarzenegger's End of Days, which was a very weird movie for him, but definitely like that Lucifer that comes out at the end is all creature feature. Mm-hmm. Okay. I only vaguely remember that movie, but I know I saw it. Similarly. Yeah. I've seen pictures of- Add like, it to the uh, list. with the comeback to it. I've seen pictures of like mm-hmm. the big effect more recently than I've actually seen the movie. Mm. Oh, okay. I'm putting it down. All right, cool. Well, that wraps us up, man. It's probably the last one for a while. Um, so it's been a great season. We did a whole bunch of movies in the last few months and getting through the strike and uh, up to the end of the year and and everything. So definitely look forward to getting in a new rhythm next year. And, you know, we also might come together and just do one here or there, depending on just how things work out in time. So that could be fun also. And maybe those issues, maybe those will be a little longer if we, if we're kind of breaking it up for, for a few months. But as far as like the continuous run, we're definitely going to have a couple of weeks off here going into the end of the year. So. Thank you if you've listened. Well, if you're hearing this now, thank you. Yeah, thank you. you. And everybody else can... Don't even get me started. (laughs) Slow down, man. Slow down. Don't go there. (laughs) I'm going to get Victor on you if you ain't even listening. Uh, Wimbenyama. 
Yeah. It'll go not, back in time to when victory. you didn't listen to this and beat you up. <laughs> <laughs> beat you up so bad. You you and but, Victor in a time machine? Oh. Beautiful image. But no, no. Thank I was gonna say thank you all for listening and nothing there's no better gift under whatever holiday tree that you celebrate <laughs> than this podcast. So please share this podcast. Well said. And on that note, we'll catch you soon. Happy New Year. Happy 2023, 2024.